before we were social graph, it's like, I would follow you, Alessandro, and I'd follow the influencer marketing factory because I wanted to. Now it's flipped. Now everything is entertainment. Everything is algorithmically driven. Hey, Danny, welcome to the show. How are you? Alessandro, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Amazing. Uh, And you know what? uh, You're actually the second person I try to do new things to introduce themselves and I'm trying to do like a new format. So it's in two minutes. It's called Map. Okay. So I'm okay. curious to see how you can do with that. But uh, it's like called Mission, Achievements, and Purpose. So just like in a couple of minutes uh, to have a structured way to introduce yourself. And basically, the first one is about what do you want to, you know, um, aim to achieve, right? The second is what, like, any notable milestones in your career and life. And then the last one is the purpose. So why do you do what you do? All right, let's try this out. Mission. Uh, I'd say my mission is to uplift and find underrated talent and support their careers. Um, How it manifests at hashtag paid is as we're an influencer marketing company, a lot of what I do is build the company's brand with creators or so build our relationships with key creators. And so this allows me to, again, take that same mission that I have, find incredible creators and then find ways, whether it's through running events or getting them on a podcast or supporting them at events or supporting them through dinners or other other, uh, things that we can do in a way to uplift these who I feel are underrated, regardless of follower count, regardless of metrics. Um, You then asked the second one, remind me, the second one was notable achievements. achievements. I feel like everyone probably has a tough time with this because it's always weird speaking about yourself. Um, I run the Creator Culture podcast. Uh, under hashtag paid kind of ties again to the mission i get to find underrated creators and just like, get to have a really cool conversation and learn a lot more and a lot of those turn into friendships and a lot of those turn into interesting partnerships um uh, i co-created and co-host uh an event through hashtag paid called meet the creators with my friend and our events director carrie Ann hamilton and that's I think the only event happening in the creator space right now, bringing 75 established creators together with 75 consumer brand marketers for a night to celebrate the influencer marketing space and how far it's gone. Uh, and beyond that, I think those are the two main things. And then you said purpose. Yeah. Um, purpose ties a lot into, as it should, ties in a lot to mission. Uh, but the reason is, is I've always found that the people around me who support me the most and give me the most enjoyment and I would say like strength and energy in this world are those that are creatives and creating for the right reason. It's almost like playing long-term games with long-term people through art. And that art is ultimately hopefully go or ultimately and hopefully going to shift the way someone else thinks. And that could be an audience member. That could be a fan. That could be a society at, at large, but, um, I've loved studying how certain artists and how art in itself can change the way that people think, that people operate, and that the way the world works. And so I would say that is, in maybe a little bit of a long-winded way, that is the purpose. Amazing. It makes sense, right? I mean, like, you know, you said that from the mean, like, you know, the mission and the purpose in this case are, like, you know, very uh, together, right? Because uh, both of us, we work in the influencer marketing industry. Uh, How how long have you been in, in the industry, by the way? I've been working at Hashtag Paid for three years and I've been focused 
specifically on creators for the past year and a bit, year and a half. Got it. And before that, were you also like still like social media creators or something totally different? Uh, before that was trying to find my way into the mu- the business side of the music industry. Uh, okay. Did that, I did that unsuccessfully, which is oh, why no. you can you can see that I didn't bring it up in talking about achievements. And then before that, in another life, I was actually an auditor, uh, an accountant, which ended oh, very wow. quickly. That definitely like a big change uh, in, in career. I can see that. So uh, again, you know, in, in the past few years, I've been like, you know, in the in the industry of creators and influencers and so on. Let's talk about it. Like, so, so, so what is happening right now? Is it like, is it actually a thing? Because everyone is using creator economy right now, like a lot. There is more money involved. But are we in another hype cycle that is happening? Are we actually giving value? So tell me what, what's happening since you, again, you talk with so many creators on a daily basis. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting time, right? It's almost been mm-hmm. 10 or maybe just over 10 years since influencer marketing as a whole. And the idea of an influencer and the career of an influencer has actually been established. Yes, it mm-hmm. happened before, but it felt like 2011, 2012, 2013, it started to become a lot more sophisticated. And when you look at the world of advertising and the world of media, we always look at the current form and the current form dictates how we evaluate what that media is and the impact that that media has. And then when a new form comes about, we then use those same metrics in the past to help us understand what's been going on. And so before the idea of an influencer or social media or the rise of creators, we looked at TV, you looked at digital, maybe you looked at YouTube, maybe you looked at radio. And so the idea of an audience was always relevant and always super valuable. Advertising has been around for a long time. But over the past 10 years, this like new flashy idea of what a creator is and what an influencer is has come into play. And now we're at a point where at in August 2023, we're at a point where we value social media in the same way that we used to value social media 10 years ago. That 100,000 followers today on TikTok or Instagram, we see it in a very similar way as 100,000 followers back in the day, maybe on Facebook or MySpace or on a blog or whatever that media might have been. The difference, though, is that it seems like everyone's a creator today. And that's kind of what they've pushed is anyone can jump on. And it's almost broadcasting. Like it's changed the way of a broadcast. So think about, let's say me and you were friends. And I was always the one to observe the most like esoteric and weird stuff happening in the world. And I'd come to you and I'd be like, oh, did you see what happened on the on the street yesterday? This and this happened. Check this video. You'd be like, oh, that's hilarious. Wow, that's funny. Maybe I send it to a person now. I can open up my TikTok, take a video of that thing, post it, and next thing I have 20,000 followers. Hmm. But again, I'm broadcasting what I would have broadcasted already, but does that mean I'm a creator? Does that mean I'm actually looking to build an audience? Does that What is that relationship between me and the audience compared to me just sharing a funny joke or sharing some like interesting observation that I had? And I think in our current way, we're so, before we were social graph, it's like I would follow you, Alessandro, and I'd follow yeah. the Influencer Marketing Factory because I wanted to. Now it's flipped. Now everything is entertainment. Everything is algorithmically driven. And so what that does is it feels like it almost inflates the value of an audience because the platforms just want eyeballs and they want retention so that they can sell more advertising. And that means more dollars for them and the cycle retains. And so I don't think they really look at a, an individual as a creator as, oh, how do we further the relationship? It's, again, how do we just get more people creating more videos so that more people spend time so we can make more money? And in, in that way, if you post some funny videos, 
maybe you get a somehow get a hundred thousand followers. But what does that mean for a brand? What does that mean for a marketer? Like, is that a true audience? Is that a true following? And so I think there's many different answers. It's very philosophical also. And the idea without going too far, it's almost like we're in this place of redefining, I would say, what metrics matter most or what indicators matter most so that we can break through the noise mm -hmm. of so many, like millions and millions of so-called creators. And as a brand or as a marketer or as people like you and I trying to work with the, the right people to really hopefully move the world forward, we can identify the right people, not but not based off of the old metric system or based off of like the old indicators that we used to take a look at five, 10, even 15 years ago. Hello, is your brand ready to amplify its reach? Well, the Influencer Marketing Factory is here to do just that. We are a global influencer marketing agency helping brands ignite their growth from influencer identification to campaign strategy, handling legalities and agreements to managing shipping and logistics. We have it all covered. We work with hundreds of brands across different verticals from Fortune 500 companies to DTC brands. And we don't just stop there. With detailed ROI analysis, we help brands like yours measure success, transforming impressions into actionable conversions. You can find us at theinfluencermarketingfactory.com or just search the Influencer Marketing Factory on Google. I totally agree with you on this. I do think that it's now, now the time to understand who is a content creator, who is an influencer, what are the metrics to look at. I said this multiple times on the podcast, but uh, you know, still a lot of talkers are commodities in my opinion. If you replace them with another person or if tomorrow they are not going to post, a lot of people won't even remember them, right? And then what happened in the past with, you know, Bitcoin, with TikTokers that didn't really have any meet and greet in person because uh, you are just one of the many, as you said, doing this content that can entertain you, but maybe you don't have enough time to um, create the relationship that you might have as a YouTuber, for instance, right? If you watch 10 vlogs of a person and you just like go into a rabbit hole, right? You know, in this person, you can always feel like, you know, that you have a relationship with this person, even if you don't know them. While maybe on TikTok or YouTube Shorts, sometimes it's like, you know, that's why they're trying to push now, for instance, right? From YouTube Shorts, they use it as a hook, as a way to be like, hey, let's go to my main channel for the full story. I don't know if you know this, right? They are pushing that. And it makes sense for us, right? We're not to do that. So let me ask you this, based on this, uh, what can like a creator in 2023 really offer? So apart from the entertainment, uh, let's talk about what are some other, the other ways for them to go from short-term wins to long-term uh, uh, revenue stream opportunities and so on yeah and i think the what we've seen in the past the same models are, are going to apply like the advertising model is still extremely lucrative extremely lucrative yeah. we've just i think sensationalized this idea of oh if you put um let's say old spice in front of the camera on your video you're going to sell it to you're going to influence so many people that are watching mm -hmm. your video because that's what used to happen there wasn't that much supply this wasn't as active 10 years ago, eight, seven, eight years ago. And so when it was done, be it that there was limited supply, it didn't, to your point, it didn't feel like a commodity. And so I was like, yeah. oh, it could actually work. You could just say, hey, you have this relationship with me because we're based off of a social graph relationship. And now I'm showing you this product. And now you actually might go and buy that product. Whereas today, the idea of branded content is, is very different than just, again, putting a a brand like product placement in your video and hoping that you're going to get millions of views. And so I think that the advertising model still works. It just depends on what are your incentives based off of the platforms to what do you want to do as a creator? Like, how do you gain fulfillment? How do you feel like you best position yourself and what type of model? But then to your question, outside of the typical advertising model, 
you get the opportunity of social media right now because it's algorithmically driven it is the launch pad it is the sandbox is you can throw an idea out there you can throw a video out there and maybe you find an audience of 500 people and those people really care for whatever it is that you do and then you can take that audience and that can go elsewhere and and they work in tandem and so here's this engine always finding new people and then you have this other thing off platform that really aligns with whatever you want to do or the or the content or maybe it's a business and so you look at a bunch of different creators as an example there's there are these four creators who run this company called creator camp it's run by max reisinger uh, chris duncan uh, simon kim and why am i forgetting the last one? Oh, ryan ing and they have a bunch of other friends in and around them in their mm-hmm. circle and the whole idea is that this is a creator camps a business to essentially empower the next wave of digital storytellers that tell meaningful content and they do it through a variety of events and summits and dinners and all this good stuff but everything they care for the intention and the heartbeat that they create with and they want to find a, sim- a similar person so anyone that's attracted to how they create content they almost move them potentially to this event-based business or to this community that they have and it's really really strong and they've done amazing things with it other examples are there's a trio of creators who they don't create together. They're all friends. It's Tejas Halor, it's Sean Olush, and I think I'm saying his last name right, and then Danny McMahon, it goes by Dodford. And every week, they come together and they write a substack called, I think it's called Out West Chronicles, and it's all about storytelling and editing and being a creative and maybe a little of the entrepreneurship side. And so it's here are individuals that are unbelievable at their craft, and they're showing you that they care, and they're showing you that they're going to go a level deeper by bringing you into this so-called audience, or maybe you can call it even a community for the people that follow them for their editing or their storytelling or their research. And this, and this actually progresses them forward. And so from those are two examples, there's many, many, and there's, there's Mr. Beast with, uh, Feastables and all these other types of ventures that can go side by side with posting on social media. The thing is social is social media, really a career or is social media, a tool or just another platform to eventually get to and elevate to whatever that end goal is. That's the question that I'm asking right now. And I think it's an indicator for me when I look to, you know, what creators do we want to uplift through hashtag paid or on my own? Who are those that are going just beyond posting? And what is it that they really want to do? Because that's showing me that they're going through a level of friction and there's only a limited supply of people that can do what they do compared to just posting and maybe the algorithm will show their video somewhere. And so when you ask them like, you know, hey, is this just like, you know, is this like your full time? Are you just using it as a tool? For, for instance, a typical example is uh, uh, someone on TikTok that actually want to become an actor. So they're only using that, right, as a spotlight to be contacted potentially by, you know, directors, whatever, or like production, you know, uh, and so on. And so they want to use that. Same also for music. Let's think about it. Right now there is TikTok, but also YouTube Shorts, right, is introducing right now little samples of music uh, for the discoverability access. So you're scrolling and you can find more of those. So let me ask you this, like, have you noticed any things specific, any patterns uh, when you talk with them? Like, is it creating a community and they're starting a membership that you can sell to access? It is about, uh, you know, exclusive access on a monthly basis. Uh, Is it like writing a book? Like, is this still a thing or it fit out, you know? So have you noticed anything when you talk with creators? I think it's, so it's hard to blanket it because again millions of creators and everyone yeah. just has access to just start me and you can start posting today you might even already be posting and so i can't say that there is a pattern 
But I do find it really interesting when you meet a creator that I call it the Lil Dickyification of content. Yeah. So like Lil Dicky, this yeah. rapper who rapped about different not, not safe for work and comedic elements. He started out as an advertiser. He was a copywriter. He's always wanted to write his own films and his own TV show. Never had the opportunity, never had the leverage, never had the, the people on the inside championing him. So he turns to rap, which he's great at, and he's an amazing and he's an amazing writer. Builds this career as this comedic rapper. From there, then has the leverage, then can get into the rooms to eventually create his own TV show. Get signed by Scooter Braun. They create his own TV show. Dave. He hasn't really put out an album, I think, since 2016 or 17 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's just been focused on the writing. But he took again two tangential things that he's good at. Knew that there's a there's one of them that he really wanted to do. And so he used one as like first era for him rapping to get to script writing and acting. And I think it's really interesting when you find creators that have the same mentality. It's not really through what I find with creators is you, if you ask them, hey, what's the goal or where do you want to get to next? They probably won't tell you. It's kind of like saying, what's your favorite album? What's your favorite artist right now? It's you forget everything that you're asked. But if you're just around them enough, you get the, oh, well, I'm actually really interested in being an entrepreneur to build my own clothing business. And right now... I'm transitioning to find my my world there, and then I'm going to use my content expertise to be able to build and, and actually distribute the message and the brand. Um, or I love bringing people together, but I love the content creation right now, and so I'm trying to do side by side and build a community or an events business on the side. And so I wouldn't say that there's a trend, and I wouldn't say that there's actually a pattern, because again, everyone's in a different journey, and it takes nothing to start posting videos on algorithmically driven platforms, but. It is really interesting to see those that are using social as this like diving board, let's call it, mm -hmm. to get to this next era. But you see that they have the skill of content creation. So whatever that next thing is that they're doing or selling or creating, you know it's going to be extremely valuable. You know it's going to grow quite quickly because of their ability to create content and be their own distribution arm. I really like about the example of Led Dickey. I myself been following since it was like, you know, doing the first videos where it was like trying to go door by door in mentions, right? To shoot them, the videos, and then he did like, you know, uh, big features with great artists, right? And the Arab world, but it was always funny that it was like very meta, right? It was like, uh, I'm doing this uh, not to be the typical rapper, but I want to create something more. The personal branding of Lil was big. I don't know, I guess you watch Dave, right? Uh, the, the, the TV show, and it's also very meta because it goes through that. But uh, that I think that really shows how an artist has to plan things properly, right? It's, it's never really random. You have to do things in a certain way. So I like when you say about like that, right? You start with one thing, then you can expand, right? In other formats, other medium, other ways to tell your story. Um, so, so on that, I wanted to ask you like, how much important is storytelling these days? Because if you think about it, that what it did and how did others did, it, it's not just about the music. It's the story about yourself, why you're doing what you're doing, right? And, and, and so, what do you think that works these days? Like, is it vlog still a thing? Is it like life moments? Is it like daily life? Uh, Got away with me. Uh, this is what I do at work. Like, what what works and what doesn't anymore when it comes to again, yeah, storytelling on social media. Storytelling is always super important. It's always been super important. It doesn't matter the medium. It doesn't matter if we're a hundred BC or we're twenty twenty three August twenty first. It storytelling is always what moves people forward it's what allows other people to get emotionally invested in what you're looking to do and what you do and then elevate that journey or be on that journey with you and so i think storytelling is always going to be around it just depends the medium is going to change now 
when you look at what type of storytelling is working today, I would almost say that, for example, getting ready, like get ready with me. To me, that's not so much storytelling. I guess, I guess everything is storytelling in essence. But I think the stuff that's most interesting to me is, I think vlogs are really interesting to bring them back. Initially, it was like people just did the typical, "Hey guys, wake up with me. I just did this. Today we're going blah 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 blah," and, and come along with me. And then you got the Casey Neistat filter of, "No, let me bring in this deep purpose and at an actual intentional storytelling beyond just documenting." And so when you see a vlogger, you see someone creating videos around their life in a similar way now, where again, it's so easy to just put your phone up and say, what's up guys, it's 8.50 in the morning, here's what we're doing. You look at people like Jack Cook, yeah. who's been vlogging on TikTok straight for, I think, 630 days or something like that, and every day's a story. You look at someone like Tim Chisano, who's also vlogging a lot of his days, even though he works um, in the corporate world as, an, as a marketing exec at an ad agency, doesn't have time to do it every day, but when he does it, the story is always told beautifully. It's not just a documentation of, of the day. So I think if you find those creators who are vlogging, but vlogging with serious intention around the story that they're telling and how they're telling and going about their day, what they're going to do is they're creating a world. Like Jack Cook's an amazing example. He always talks about the Bev. The Bev is a specific drink, a brand that he's always been drinking, but he called it the Bev. Or when he goes to his gym, which is High Mat in LA, he calls it the Fancy Gym. And now everyone in his world knows the fancy gym. Or when they go to High Mat, they're like, oh, I'm going to Jack's fancy gym. And it's just like traditional TV where you create a world and then you bring people into it through different meet through different ways and different doors. Vloggers who do that today, and Tim also does an unbelievable job with this, those are people that are creating really, really, really strong connections and really strong opportunities to go do a whole lot in the future. Tim's, Tim's now writing a book. Jack does a bunch of other stuff on the side and his creation isn't his number one thing. And so vlogging super interesting. The second thing that I'll say, uh, which I'm noticing in terms of storytelling is life moments. And I think this, I'll go to the brand side for that. Like that was more on the creator side. What am I seeing? But I think on the brand side, when you're a marketer, the best influencer marketing partnership comes with something that's highly emotional and has a story baked in. And when you look at what those two things come together to create, it's always a life moment. Me and you are going, we're graduating university together. This, that's the story. You don't have to tell a different story. And it's highly emotional because everyone else is either graduated grade school, high school, a PhD program, whatever it may be. Or if you're having a baby or your new home or you're moving across the country, whatever that life moment is, the story is right there. So you don't have to come up with an interesting concept with the brand, which is always a point of tension of, how are we best going to do this? Does it fit into your content? Does it not? And then two, it's highly emotional. And so when you look at a creator's posts, and this is anecdotally, but when you look at a creator's posts that are the regular posts versus their posts related to life moments, their life moments, regardless of their category that they create in, always do three to six times better in terms of views, in terms of comments. And it just makes sense. Like it's highly emotional, which is where influence marketing started. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I'm documenting my journey. I'm showing you how I'm doing it, what products I'm using, why I'm doing it. And then other people want to come on that journey with you and they can feel that same emotion, i.e. back to your point of storytelling, that that they got to experience or that that creator put out. And so as a marketer, as a brand, I would go back to basics of who, like find what, where does your brand fit into certain life moments? Find those life moments, find the creators going through those life moments and just be a part of their story. Because then like the Bev or Hi Matt, the Fancy Jim and Jack Cook story, you become a character 
in their world. And you don't have to do that much work. And the creator doesn't have to do anything that's so different rather than just highlighting your brand in their moment, which to them is super easy because they've already thought about everything themselves. So from a storytelling perspective, those are the two things that I'm seeing. Yeah, no, when you say like the emotional side, it's very important. And also like when you said about the examples of the, you know, losing weight, for instance, right? That is a journey. It takes years, right? And uh, just now I was seeing this uh, new person. I think it was uh, not on TikTok, but I think on Instagram Reels, uh, creating this content. And uh, basically it's crazy how you can see all the comments of people be like, who is here from day one, you know? So basically it's a community of people that are really cheering, right, for this person. And they're like uh, giving some suggestions. So you should do this, you should do Like it's people getting together for all of the purpose, like, you know, helping someone losing weight. And so imagine, and I agree with you about the emotional there because the emotions, because imagine if at uh, episode, let's say 50, whatever. So 50 day, you get like, you know, reach out by these protein bars, whatever, you know, like the people are going to trust you because they believe in you, right? For that. So it's not just like a plug, like, you know, of this new brand, whatever. It's like, if they actually really helped you in losing weight and, and getting, you know, like, you know, your things together and get to the next level, people are going to meet, I think. I said even more because they want to help you in your journey, right? So maybe you're going to buy some of that, like, you know, just so you can continue creating content, right? So 100%, I really like both what you shared in terms of the brand side and the marketers, right? right? You need to understand both, right? To to get the best, I guess, in terms of performance and, uh, and emotions and feelings, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I, I think that what you said of related to emotions, and related to wanting to be a part of the journey and on the community and on the community side, it's such a humanistic thing. It's a, I don't even know if that's a word, but it's a, it's such a human want to be a part of something, to feel like you, you're accepted. And so when you're on this journey with someone else, and that journey could be a TV show that you're watching and you want to see it finish and you want to understand and subconsciously there's this character that's developing that you want to be a part of and you want to see finish and you connect to. And it's kind of why you're seeing episodic content come back yeah. really, really hard right now. Because again, it allows the creator to create something sustainable so they don't have to come up with a new idea every single time for the next however many weeks. But there's a flow and there's a main plot and then there's a B plot and there's different worlds you can bring into it. And then as a brand, you can be a part of this thing that has just repetition, like series one, episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, compared to, to your point, hey, pay me for one video, let me post it in front of my audience. And I don't even know if my audience knows this stuff or if, or if my audience believes me or cares for the stuff that I talk about in this category. So that's super, that's super interesting. And I guess the last thing I'll say on the emotional side is the social good creators are also another really interesting category of creators to look at because screw calling them social good creators. They're philanthropists who know how to use social media. And that was always the biggest issue with Flair philanthropists in the past like you would throw a massive gala to try raise a ton of money so that you can go out and do the thing you wanted to do or support the cause that you wanted to support now you have people that have the same mentality have the skills to creating that content to reach mm -hmm. the hearts and the lives of other people so that they can get more people on board and, and more donations all the time but they're making money off of it because brands want to be a part of it brands always want the philanthropic angle the creators are doing social good so it's always good for the world and now you're probably going to start seeing them creating foundations. And I think the next massive foundations over the next 15 to 25 years are going to come from these social good creators who have an audience that cares about them way more than the average person that maybe has a billion dollars and now is trying to start a fund or trying to start mm -hmm. one. Now, 
no one's better than the other, but these the creator mentality mixed with a philanthropist, I think is fascinating and super undervalued for brands because everyone wants to be a part of it and it feels so good mm-hmm. when you watch something like that. I, I, I see your point, especially with new generations, right? They care even more about social causes, like, you know, from environment, from, uh, you know, uh, food and, you know, poverty. Um, I, I can see the part, right? You can have a foundation, but not be that much good when it comes to, you know, reaching audiences, uh, while as a content creator, that that's basically what you do better, right? So I, I, I totally see that. And uh, so wrapping up then in today, uh, I wanted to ask you, so we already touched base on that, but uh, w- w- what is the future of the creator economy what is missing uh, what 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 would you like to see happening in the next let's say couple of years big question lots of different things to talk about but i'm not going to take up a ton of the time so i'll just choose one thing i think that because we've been in a world where everyone can broadcast anyone can create so creation is almost infinite and now with ai it feels like creation is more infinite than it's ever been and so it feels like everything is mediocre and it's hard to find, you know, what is the stuff that's really, really good? And it feels like everyone can do what everyone did five years ago. But so what skill does it actually entail? Since there's so much of so much, I don't think algorithms can do a good enough job to actually serve us exactly what we want. And so I think we're in a swing from the value all being placed 100% on creation to the value swinging being placed on curation. And so it won't be, I think you're going to see this wave of so-called creators, but call them curators, who really understand a category, spend their lives finding the best of that category. They build their brand and their value through the value that they're offering in terms of being a filter, a societal filter on a certain category. And then that's naturally part of a community. And then the things that they say and the events that they throw and the books that they can write or the tours that they can be on is endless and the IP play is endless from a a curator. And we've seen this time and time again, but because there's so much on the creation side, I'm starting to look a lot more at the curators. Now, what does that look like from an influencer marketing perspective? I don't know, because that's that's new. And how does a brand fit in to a curated place in the world? I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's a model, but that is the thing that I'm most excited for. And I think that is one of the most undervalued opportunities now, either a brand looking to work with certain creators or curators or a category of so-called creator that, that's going to rise up and I think be and be a lot more powerful in the next five, 10 years. I think it makes sense, right? Because at this has been a thing in the music industry. I mean, I saw TikTokers that basically their not job, but their hobby is curating uh, playlists, right? Uh, then they sponsor them on their TikTok. And one of the business models is, for instance, uh, if you pay like a fee, whatever, you can get into the playlist that has been seen by and listened by thousands of people. So the model maybe can be also used in other niches, I guess, right? Like it's, it can be something similar. So I don't know, like if you look at creators just in that way, but I also see what I mean, like trying to get in the noise, right? Of all this content, every single, there is so much that I feel sometimes myself that is like, there is too much, right? And you're like, you don't know where to start, right? Um, and everything, I don't want to say they lose value, right? But if, as you correctly said, if there is so much and everyone is creating content, who actually create the best content and the one that is going to be valuable, so... Yeah, I'm with you. You just have to go a step above. Like now everyone can create content, so that's yeah. not as cool and so-called valuable anymore. But what is valuable? Again, who are the people that are going above? The last example I'll give on this is everyone has a podcast today. You have a podcast yeah. today. I have a podcast today. Everyone can start a podcast. Yeah. Now you have access to the minds of millions in the world that maybe you couldn't have 
had access to before unless they released a book or went on a massive interview mm-hmm. show on TV. But the thing is, because there's so much of us, there's so many of us and there's so many just one-to-one conversations, how, what's the next step above that can separate a host or a podcast from another is a personality. So if me and you were whack, if you had Nardwar, is a great example from the music industry. You just saw Bobby Altoff with Drake and, and those masked guests. Why is it that I think she's been placed in the limelight? Is because she has a really unique personality and she seems like she's yeah. good at interviewing. So she can get the interviews done at the same way me and you can, but she, there's this personality that people really want to apply to and want to be a part of. And so to your point, there's so much of so much right now. And so who are the people helping you curate and sift through that so much? Or who are the people that are going beyond what seems to be obvious and table stakes in the commodity today and going that step above? Another great indicator of who's going to lead into the future and where as a marketer you should put your marketing dollars or your efforts. Absolutely. First of all, a big part of your personal branding. If you don't have that, you're going to be one of the many. If tomorrow you're not going to be there, people will forget. So um, it makes sense to start like, you know, uh, focusing on that. If you're either a uh, well-established creator or if you want to get in, Nowadays, as you correctly said, content is not enough anymore. You want to do something that is going to be unique and memorable. So I, I do agree with that. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. I can see that you have a lot of knowledge in these and I will continue following you on. You also have like, you know, different uh, uh, newsletter or at least I receive sometimes some some things that you organize, like, you know, some uh, also podcasts and so on. But so where, where, can, where people can find you and learn more about the, the things you're working on? Yeah, on all socials, I'm Datkeed, D-A-T-K-E-E-D. And then name Danny DeSatner on LinkedIn um, and usually sharing the majority of what I'm doing on one, if not many of those channels. But Alessandro, thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been fun. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me today. This was the Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.